guys. Welcome back to season three, A Catholic's Perspective, the podcast about being a young Catholic surviving in a secular world. Today, I have Alexandra with me. Welcome. Thank you so much for being on our podcast. Yeah, thank you. I'm excited. I'm excited too. So currently, um, we are on the road. We just got back from Louisville, Kentucky. So that's why the audio might be a little weird in this in this episode of the podcast. But I just got back from Matt Frad's podcast. And so it's been a, a really long couple days. Um, so we're on the road. So please have patience with all the audio things. Um, we really appreciate your guys' patience as you listen to this podcast. But um, Alex, why don't you give the listeners a little bit of background about you and what you like to do, anything you feel comfortable sharing? Oh, yeah. Awesome. No, I'm so excited. Thank you so much for having me on. Um, I am a uh, wife and a mom. I am 34 years old and I'm pregnant with my fifth son right now who's due like the week of Christmas, which is so exciting. So um, I have a nine-year-old, a six-year-old, a four-year-old and a one-year-old baby boy um, and uh, met and I've been married. Actually, we're actually going out tonight. I actually just got my makeup done for like, I usually don't do that, but we're actually going out tonight for our 11 year anniversary. So I've been oh, kind wonderful. of a mom and a wife. Yeah. So I'm kind of been a mom and a wife for, you know, uh, just a, over, a little over a decade. Um, and I met my husband, Nick. Actually, I think I was about your age, Amber. I was 22 and um, he was 24 and I actually met him on Catholic match. And so we were both mm-hmm. were cradle Catholics and really, um, uh, you know, into our faith and things. And that was kind of our priority with meeting and dating. And so I, I love telling that story too. Um, kind of like at the end of dating call my college years, I just really realized that was like my main priority in a relationship specifically in looking for marriage was that I just really wanted a man who shared my faith and would lead me in the faith and all these things. And so online dating definitely wasn't as big as it was back then, but I just, I heard a couple stories about this Catholic match site. And so I went on and, um, things happened pretty quick. I met Nick and, um, so it's kind of a fun story that way, but, um, we ended up dating pretty fast and, um, got married like within a year and then, um, started our family. And so, um, so that's kind of my personal background. And then I am trained as a registered nurse and a family nurse practitioner. Um, and also ended up getting some training in fertility awareness, NAPRO technology, really passionate. Um, I, the faith has just always been the most important thing to me. And so I've always, I've always been Catholic and I've always kind of been pro-life. I've always been really passionate about that, those topics. And so um, in my education, I was really focused on like not prescribing uh, the birth control pill and really looking for good alternatives for women um, in the pro-life movement. So that was kind of a big deal to me too, like through our marriage. And then as we've added kids and as um, we've discerned homeschooling and all of these other things, I have put my career kind of on hold and stepped back from that and um, really stepped into the role of being a stay-at-home mom in the past couple of years. And that is when um, I started to create a blog online. And then in uh, 2020, when I had my fourth son, that was when I decided to join Instagram and um, have just really found a lot of joy in connecting with moms there. And so right now I'm a stay-at-home homeschooling mom about to have my fifth son and doing a lot of work on um, the internet and social media and um, connecting with moms there. And um, yeah, so that's, that's pretty much where I am. That's amazing. God bless you. Thank you. <laughs> oh, Amber, you're cutting out. Go ahead, say it again. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, there's so many people that that aspire to do the exact same thing, um, to have a family young and 
it's just such a beautiful thing to experience. Um, I know you said you worked in like the NAFRO technology and everything like that. That's fantastic. We need more of that. And I think that's becoming a lot more popular nowadays as um, we really start coming back around and respecting life a lot more since Roe v. Wade has been overturned. Um, so I guess in the beginning, like, I know you said you guys met on Catholic Match, but before that, how did you know that you were called to be a mother, a wife and a mom? Um, what was that like for you? Yeah, I love that. So I was raised as a cradle Catholic. I was actually the oldest of eight kids. So just from a big uh, pro-life family. And, um, so growing up, I would say my mom was definitely my biggest role model. And she was also a nurse who then ended up staying home to raise us. And, um, and honestly, I, I really, my parents worked really hard to just give us a really enjoyable, like fruitful childhood. And so I just was raised in a really great family. Of course, you know, no family's perfect, but, um, they, I just saw their witness to marriage and, um, my mom just really always inspired me. She just, she really worked hard to try to, um, show us like a joyful marriage. My, I always saw my parents going on dates. Um, and I, I, my sisters and I would babysit a lot, you know, our little brothers. Um, and yeah, I just really always saw my parents trying, even though we had this big family, really trying to prioritize each other. And so I think just from a really young age, I remember being in kindergarten and writing on like, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I just wrote, I want to be a nurse and a mom, basically like my mom. So, um, I just kind of always, especially I think being the oldest and the firstborn, um, had that natural instinct of like caring for the rest of my family. And so um, I just kind of always, always had that desire, uh, mostly from the example of my mom. And uh, they went through, I think through their thirties, um, they went through like, you know, their own kind of reconversion back into the faith. And I remember that. So I remember them, you know, trying to make an effort of like praying the rosary in the car and doing things like that. Um, and, and, you know, and I think I just always wanted to have my own baby dolls and just wanted to be a mom, like I said, because I had that good example. Um, and I did go through a period and, you know, before I met Nick for sure, where I definitely would slightly discern, um, religious life. And I remember like sometimes going on a retreat and like wondering about that, but, um, but I really always, I really always just wanted to, wanted to be a wife and a mom. And, um, that was just kind of something that I just was hoping was in my future and just kind of had a faith that, yeah, that's what God was calling me to. No. Yeah, so beautiful. And I think so many people can definitely relate to that because I think their parents had a great impact on what they eventually wanted to do. And having that great example of your parents definitely helps to discern area. And I know you said you met, um, what was your husband's name again? Nick. Nick, I know you said you met him on Catholic Match. I know there's so many people and, and online dating in general just gets a bad rap these days. How did you feel being on the um, Catholic dating match site? And at what point did you decide to do that? Was it because there were no guys in your area or, or was it just kind of a, I'll just try this out? How did yeah, no, I love that question. Um, it's so funny. I'm actually shocked to hear you say that it gets a bad rap. I guess that's a really interesting to hear. Um, because um, I would love to hear, like, I think we're a little split generations of like what, because from my perspective, I feel like I'm, that's so many people I'm finding that's like where they have met their spouse was online. But I think maybe a lot of younger people are turning, they're, they're getting like turning away from that. So I'd be interested to hear what you think about that. I have a lot of younger siblings, younger brothers, and I think they feel that too, where they're like, maybe it's getting a bad rap and it's becoming too much of like a hookup culture versus 
like a, a relationship. But anyway, that, that's just interesting. So for, for me back then, like 11 years ago, it was almost unheard of. Like I, I, I didn't know, I rarely knew anybody who got married um, and that had met online. And so um, one, the Easter of my senior year, also Amber, I'll say that. So because I said my mom was kind of my role model and I, I really wanted to like replicate her life she always um, loved getting married young. And so I kind of wanted to get married young. Like her, she'd always say, you know, me and dad got married, we were 22, 23, you know? And I always, in my head, I was like, you know, I had a job lined up as a nurse and I, I was pretty, um, I felt like I was ready for a steady relationship. And I felt like I wanted, I desired marriage at a young age um, because of that. And so um, anyway, when I started seriously thinking about that, like you said, it was really just the point where the, the guys that I would date, it, the faith was always secondary or kind of like a joke a little bit like, oh, you're so sweet that you want to take me to church or, oh, it was never like I'm on the same level as you or I want to lead you in the faith. And the more and more I prayed about it, I realized that was what I wanted in a man, number one, like of everything in my checklist, like I desired a man who was strong in the faith. And that was my strong desire. So this uh, Easter of my senior year, um, I was home for break and um, my mom is in a prayer, was in a prayer group. And she just had kind of said, you know, matter of fact, like nonchalant, you know, there was this, uh, you know, young couple and they were talking about this, how they met on Catholic match and they say the rosary together and they go to adoration. She was like, it was just interesting. And she did not say that in any way to like, tell me to do that. She was just sharing a story and that planted a seed in my head. And I was like, what is this Catholic match? Um, because that was, <laughs> that, that was the relationship I desired. So I went back literally that spring telling my best girlfriends and um you know they were like what like it was very they were not on that radar at all and um so I was in the library one night studying for finals and it was me and my best friend and I said you know I'm just really I'm gonna go on this I just really I just I was like I just want to meet my husband <laughs> was what it came right. down to I was like I just really want to meet this husband and I was like man you know we're gonna graduate in a couple months and there's just I I, I you know I'm gonna try this and she was also very Catholic. We would go to mass together on campus. And so thankfully it was her that was with me. And she actually encouraged me. She was like, yeah, you should try it. Go ahead. You know, this is, this is interesting. So I put in my credit card. I remember it was like, you had to pay like $17 or something to start this profile. And, um, that night I put in, put in my credit card, I signed it up and, um, and typed in my information. And that night Nick's profile was one of the first ones that had popped up. Um, because of geographically matching areas. And so I oh. saw his profile picture and I was like, oh my gosh, he's, he, you know, he's, he's so handsome and said he's from big family and he loves basketball and he loves dancing and he loves Mary. And it was just like, I felt like I was reading his profile and I was like, this is, it sounds amazing. And um, I'm very, I'm the very like sanguine extrovert. So I was like, I'm going to message him. So I sent him this like long message you just seems like such an amazing man. Um, I would love to meet you like this. I think we actually have it saved. It's really funny. And I, so I sent him this long message and, um, and then the next, it must've been, I think maybe a couple days, maybe I think it was just a couple days. Um, he had been on Catholic match for like six months or so. And he was actually about to end his subscription. And he said he was at a Phillies game and he saw this email and he like saw my profile picture and he was like with his sister. And he's like, Oh my gosh, I need to message this girl back. <laughs> and he messaged me back. Yeah. And he messaged me back and we set up a time to chat and we actually have our first chat saved and we have it like printed in a book because it's so funny. And I, I tell people this, like, I felt 
like through the screen that I was like falling in love with this guy on our first chat. Like I remember sitting there in the college library, like laughing out loud and like just, it was so funny how God can use technology. And um, I just felt like, oh my gosh, I just, things he was saying and we have, like I said, we have it saved. It's just really funny to go back and, um, and read it. But so since that first chat, he was, he was very um, uh, respectful. And he said, you know, let's take this offline. I want to meet you in person. So before I graduated, he came, drove down. It was like two weeks later, he drove down to my campus and um, came to meet me and all my girlfriends were around and they were like, we have to be near you. There's this like guy who's coming to the campus, you know, it was like kind of creepy. Like, we don't know who this is going to be. And, um, and he showed up and we met him actually in the chapel. So we had like our first date started with like a mass and, um, and my, my girlfriends were like, you know, staring him down. And then we went out to dinner and, um, and like I said, you know, kind of progressed from there, but, um, but yeah, so that, that's kind of how the decision process went. It, it was fairly quick, but, um, I was thankful to have my one friend support and, you know, that, that seed planted. <laughs> Right. No, that's such a sweet story, too, because I think it's a refreshing story as well, because so many of us hear about all the horror stories that happen, you know, on social, you know, social dating apps and everything. And it's just really sweet and almost, um, you know, it, it's actually almost helpful to hear that you can find your significant other that way, you know? Yes, like that is yes. Yes, um, absolutely. And it's it's so interesting because so my husband now um, one of the things like he, he actually has his own company where he actually films weddings and he's a wedding videographer. And so he, and I'm always so interested in the couples he's filming, like, where do they meet? You know, what are they like? And there's such a high percentage who meet online. And, um, and I think, I do think there's a lot of successful stories, um, from that. So, so yeah, I'm sure there's the opposite too, but, um, but I do, I do think that there are, um, you know, good stories. I definitely encourage people. I'm like, give it a try on Catholic match. It works for me. <laughs> right. No, absolutely. And I think that's reassuring to a lot of people who maybe were hesitant about trying Catholic match that maybe they'll give it a shot. Who knows? You know, it's a great way to meet people. Um, what were some fears that you had that you had to overcome? Like when you decided you were going to marry Nick, um, whether that was with motherhood or just in general, married, getting married, like what were some of the, the fears that you had to overcome there and do that? Yeah, I think um, um, the fears of, I, I did not have really that many fears of marrying Nick, I would say. I would say I had some of the normal, like, wow, this is really getting serious. And, um, you know, like the normal, like early dating um doubts where you're like, oh my gosh, like you, you kind of, there's a realization that this really, this man really is the one. And when you're going through that process, there's definitely, there can definitely be some fears where, you know, you're just like, wow, this is, this really is happening. And there's an, a, an acceptance that has to occur, but that wasn't so hard for me because God really blessed that in the beginning. And, 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 you know, and when I did have a fears, I remember one time I was like thinking, oh, I'm going to go back to this other ex-boyfriend. And you know, voicing that to Nick or, or like saying, I love you so fast. And he just was always such a, a voice of reason. And to me, and we just really compliment each other. Well, um, I, I just, I really fell in love with him quickly. And so I didn't really have a lot of fears of marrying him. I was pretty, you know, it was, it was pretty good in that way. Um, but I would say that my biggest struggles was definitely through motherhood. Um, and just having fears of like, 
how, how's my identity changing? And um, uh, the career thing was a huge thing for me um, and still is. And it's something I like to process and share with moms online because I know how, how uh, prevalent that is and the messages that we get as women um, you know, through motherhood. And so I think a lot of the fears for me were more so with motherhood and um, rippled into marriage maybe a little bit where I didn't know subconsciously even that it was almost like there was like a competition within marriage. Um, once we grew our family of like, well, we have to be equally working the same amount of time. And my value of working in the home doesn't equal your value of working out the home. And a lot of those roles within a modern marriage, um, there was a lot of fears about that, especially because like I told you, you know, I was very passionate about my education. That was really, and it still is very important to me. I love, I love the healthcare field. I love medicine, being a nurse. And there was a lot of fears around um, stepping back from that and raising my family um, that I've, I've definitely overcome them at this point. And I can, can confidently speak to them because I feel like there's a lot of lies that I didn't realize um, I had fallen for. And, um, and that I think are just, you know, very common. That's what, like what's sold to women these days. So I think my fears mostly rent around that, but, um, but thankfully, you know, not, not really ever with um, marrying Nick, thank goodness. <laughs> No, for sure. I know that can be scary for some people. I think um, a lot of people can get cold feet on their wedding day because um, some people second guess their their ideas or I don't really know the exact reason I've never been married, but I definitely right. know that there can be fear involved in marriage. And so it's wonderful to hear that you actually had no doubts about that. I mean, we all going to have some worries, but um, not having the, that main fear is very helpful. And now you are... Um, obviously you're a mother. You have five beautiful boys. The fifth one is still cooking. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <we love it. laughs> so yeah. how are you implementing uh, Catholicism into, into your kids' lives so that when they grow up, they'll hopefully continue practicing it? Oh my gosh. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Totally. And I will say too, like, you know, back to the, um, uh, to expand on just the quickly, the marriage question, um, that, you know, I do think, um, that before that happens to you, like you said, it, it's hard to understand, but I do think that um, it's, it's good to, you know, tell people that there, there's the hope and like God really does give you a good peace um, when, you know, when you're meant to be with this man, um, there's, there is a peace and, um, you know, a, a really just holy acceptance, especially when you're both getting married in the Catholic church. And I think there's a lot of sacramental grace that is just a supernatural thing we can't really explain, you know? Um, so, so that's just a good, hopeful thing to, to hear, um, that I wanted to say, but, um, not that it was, you know, it's definitely not on me. It's just, you know, God blessing those things. Um, but yes, but in terms of prioritizing the faith, I mean, Absolutely. um, especially since that was the foundation of Nick and I's relationship from day one, like literally from us meeting on a cat on a, you know, um, religious site, like you know, we, we both knew from the very beginning, like this was our priority in our relationship and therefore our kids. And so, um, uh, it's so fun to get these questions and answer them, Amber, because it comes so instinctively to us, um, that we, a lot of times we're not even like talking out loud about these decisions because it's just such a priority to us, um, to have a crucifix in every room, um, to of course, get them baptized as soon as they can talk about the sacraments. Like establish a family prayer life, pray over them, take them to mass every Sunday, um, take them to confession, um, have them see us take us going to confession, um, like the sacraments. And um, my husband's also an artist. And so 
displaying Catholic art in our home. Um, we, and we both just love the Catholic faith. So, I mean, we'll, we'll like, we did Bible timeline studies together as a married couple and we'll have our kids do that. We'll show them religious shows. Like these things come very natural to us. And when we articulate that, like, this is why we do this, um, it's really fun and helpful to say, like, these are things that, that we love doing and that these, these are ways that we're raising our kids in the faith. And to be honest, like whenever we talk about any, any decision in parenting, um, that's our number one priority is like, well, how is this going to affect, like, even when we talk about like, you know, doing travel sports, our son's, our oldest son is getting older and we're talking about, you know, sports and travel sports. And we realize how that decision, like, well, wait, we don't want to be gone on Sundays. We want to keep Sunday holy. And that affected that decision, you know, of, of, um, what are we really prioritizing? And then with education, like when we decided to homeschool, um, you know, the whole reason was really, so how can we pass on the faith to our kids in the best way? And, um, and I, I had to struggle with that too, because I can become very tempted into like worldly things, um, you know, just as a woman in general and those kind of things. But I had to realize like, you know, it's not about, it wasn't about, you know, popularity in school or something like that. It was really about, you know, forming my kids, uh, especially for boys, like forming them in, in virtue and faith. So, um, so all of those things, I, I think uh, what I would just say is like, it just, as long as you have your priorities in place, like the things tend to come naturally. Do you know what I mean? Like the decisions start coming yeah. naturally once, once that's your first priority. So like when you're decorating a house, you know, well, if our first priority is for everything in our house to reflect God's beauty and show God's beauty, it's like, well, that's our first priority. You know, when we're decorating the nurseries, it's like, where's the crucifix? Like, that's the number one thing, you know? Um, or, you know, we're planning for the birth. It's like, mm -hmm. okay, who's going to be, who's going to be the godparents? Like those are our first thoughts are always directed at the faith. Um, and when you have that lens, it, it does bring a lot of peace and, um, and it does take a lot of pressure off too, because there's so much pressure on parents to, you know, figure these things out. And it's like, well, you know, when you, when you're, when you're for, when you're turning to God, it's like, okay, he's, he's the ultimate, he's going to help us in these decisions. And we're not going to be perfect parents we are going to mess up all the time and we always do. And we're learning so much. I mean, you know, we don't have teenagers yet. We don't know what's coming, but, um, but we do know where we want to have our boys turn to. And we work really hard to try to make that, you know, a priority. Right. No, absolutely. And that's beautiful. I mean, I know we're all susceptible to the worldly things. I know I am. I know most of my friends are, it's just part of being human and, I think it's interesting, you know, how we really can have an effect on our kids, the way that we approach Catholicism and the way that we teach it to them, how one way might lead them away from the faith, but how you guys are doing it will stick with them up until adulthood and even um, further. And so it's always interesting to me whenever I hear um, how people Im implement the faith into their children's lives, because it's such a beautiful thing. And, and the kids recognize that. And I know a lot of kids appreciate it when they become older. I guess my next question is, uh, what, what tips do you have for women who want to be mothers, but are afraid of what uh, the world tells them about it? Because you definitely went through that when you uh, decided to be a stay-at-home mom and homeschool. So tell me a bit about that. Yes. Like what you would say. Yes. And, and, and also I was just thinking just to back up your other question quickly is that I do think, um, of course, like there's no way to control our kids if they're going to stay in the faith and not. And, 
you know, you can, you can do right. everything quote, quote unquote, right. Where you can do all these sacramental things, have this, have this sacramental home and homeschool them Catholic, and you can do all these things. And, you know, you can't control obviously what's going to happen to them. And, and I think, um, and of course my family's still young, so I, I, I haven't experienced this, but I hear from other parents and I try to always remember that, um, you know, that's, that's the whole thing of free will. And that's the whole thing of, you know, them making their own choices. And that one of the most important things that I didn't mention earlier was just, you know, and something that I actually, my blog is named after the word joy. And so, you know, that's something I, I have to constantly remember is, you know, cause Catholicism, a lot of times, you know, this can be very turned off by people from rules and rituals and doing these things and following these specific ways when, you know, we're not always as charismatic as other, other Christian faiths. And so my point is, is that I think I've heard a lot of advice too. And I try to do this where, you know, having them see the joy that Nick and I get from our faith. Um, and that, you know, when we're authentically living it and, and that is also like our biggest, um, attempt and like our biggest tip of like with raising the kids in the faith. So more than, you know, all these other, like praying the rosary or homeschooling Catholic or any of these things, it's really the, that's the most important is, you know, them seeing us not be quiet in the pew at church, but like loving, like just finding joy and going to receive the Eucharist. And so that's something I wanted to say too, because I think that can, that can often be misled or misinterpreted, I think in Catholicism. And, um, right. and, And I think that it's something that we have to work toward as a church, but, um, anyway, so yes. And so back to your second question, um, where you said, um, what you would tell women who are aspiring to be moms, but are maybe scared of motherhood a little bit or unsure. Is that what you, is that what you were saying? Right? Yeah. It's basically like, like, yeah. And I love what you said about, yeah. And I love what you said about loving your faith. Um, because the kids will see that too, you know? Um, but yeah, it's basically just like mothers, you know, or women who want to be moms, but they're afraid because the world tells them all these horror stories about all these crazy things. I know you have experience with that too. Yes. And you know, it's, it's so funny, Amber, because I talk about this all the time where I say, that we, we can't help. I mean, it's like St. Paul says, you know, we're not of the world, but we're in the world. And, you know, especially if you go to college now, I mean, you cannot, it's, it's infiltrated in education, this whole idea of, you know, women specifically um, putting, I mean, so many other things, but just, you know, for women, the, 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 the whole idea is um, you're not taught to be a wife and a mom. You're not brought up to be a wife and a mom. You're, you're raised and you're taught in the education system, you know, to focus on your career and to have a career and like aspire to it. And, it's just our, that's our culture. I mean, any magazine, any, any, uh, media, any, um, any education, any of it. And so even somebody like me who was very creative Catholic, I wanted to get married young. I saved myself for marriage. Like even someone like me who did all of these things, I still was so formed by the culture and I did, couldn't recognize it. And, um, like looking back, I, I wish somebody would have kind of called out those lies and been like, you know, this is not true. Like you don't, you don't, need to have what the world is telling you as a woman to prove yourself as a woman, Alex, you don't need to have this high achieving quote unquote career. Like motherhood is a career. Motherhood is your vocation. It's the, it's the most beautiful thing you can do. And another big lie is that, is that you have to choose between the two and that you're giving something up. And that is such a lie. It's just a blatant lie because you know, every baby, every time you give birth, every time you give life, you got that God is fulfilling your dream and he's not wasting. I mean, it's pathetic for me to even say out loud. And that fact that I even thought this for multiple years was that, you know, I am wasting my education 
by raising my kids. And it it's such a lie because what does that mean you're wasting? I mean, your role as a mother is irreplaceable. You are the only woman who can birth this baby, who can love this baby, who can do pour your heart into them, can teach them, can raise them. I mean, anyone else can run a YouTube channel. Anyone else can be a nurse. Anyone else, like every other job. And of course there's God calls you in your vocations through other ways. But my point is, is that you know, these, these other things, tangible things can be replaceable and the legacy of a mother and giving life like that is irreplaceable and you are never wasting anything. And I think that it's such a lie. Um, the other lie is that you really have to choose, like I said, and, you know, men, you can give facts and saying like, well, you know, if you have children, you have to be out of the workforce this amount of time. Therefore you might not make as much money or you might not be able to get ahead in your career because you have to take time off for the pregnancy and the postpartum and those kind of things. But when you actually look at the, like the reality of it, um, it's just not true. And like the, the, it's just, there's so much to say with that, but like the, the children will never take away from fulfilling your dreams, um, even through a career or even through, because, you know, the, the key of any career is relationships. And so, as a mother, you're, it's like a foundational relationship, this baby that you're giving birth to. And so if anything, you know, and you take, you can talk to women who are very quote unquote successful in careers and they, they, you know, the ones who are, you know, especially Christian and just having so much joy, they will go back and tell you like how their child inspired them and how they're giving birth, like how it, you know, reinvigorated their dreams. And, and, you know, not to say that it's easy, you know, but anything good is not going to be easy. Right. So, um, so, you know, so, so, so being a mother, so I would, I would say it's a long conversation, but depending on who I'm talking to, I would say like, let's really talk through what is your specific fear? Cause I know for me, that was a specific fear was that I was going to be wasting something and not using the education that I had worked so hard for. And that, and then I would walk through the woman and specifically, you know, coach her through how that is a lie and how that's not true and, and break it down. So I think there's a lot of temptations on women of why they're scared of motherhood. Um, you know, some of it could be image, their body image, um, you know, and there's a lot of lies around that too. So whatever it is that you're fearful, like you can walk through and, and you can, you can call it out and you can name what is this lie that we're going through. And then you can talk about it because it, it, you know, motherhood is, is truly, it's just truly amazing. It really is. And, um, like I said, nothing, no, it's not easy. I'm not saying it's, it's like so easy, but what, what, what's good that is easy, right? No, it's, it's so true. And I especially love that, you know, you can literally, no part of your life is going to be easy. It just depends on the way that you handle it really. And yes. if God gives you this child to raise, he's entrusting you with such a beautiful gift. And, um, and that's really a duty. One of the biggest duties is to create people for society to turn society around. And we do that by homeschooling and, you know, and by giving them a faith and know that they are loved by God. And it's just such a beautiful thing. And you're obviously so involved in um, your children's lives with homeschooling and everything, but how important is it for the dads to be involved in their kids' faith life? Um, how does that really impact the children? Oh my gosh. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, like you said, Amber, like it's so important what you do in family life, because like, 
the heart of any society is a family. That's, that's the cell of any, you know, the family and like, what's the heart of a family is a mother. So it's just, it's so important. And the culture tries to teach us the opposite of that and tries to tell us, you know, like with mothers that we need to be more like a father in terms of like, get out of the home and, you know, role reversal, all of these different things. And so, um, and not to say there's so many things that can happen in a, in a modern marriage that are good, but the whole idea that um, the culture is really kind of anti-family is just a true reality. And so um, there's different temptations with dads, of course, like, you know, to, to not prioritize a family, you know, you talk about at a young age, like absolutely that a man, you know, men need to, to really delay things and they, they need to do things a lot later. Um, and so um, that's, that's a disservice to fathers. I mean, in terms of the fathers being important, oh my gosh, I mean, you know, marriage, and I was just writing about this and talking about this, how marriage and family life, like it is such a team and the Catholic church is like the best place of, of going through these teachings. Cause the Catholic church always talks about this, how, you know, it's, um, men and women are complementarity and we're not competitive with each other. We complement each other, right? Like theology of the body. I know you, you're aware of that. Right. And like all the beautiful truths in theology of the body and how, you know, we, we complement each other. And so for a child, like that, for the ultimate growth of the child with their faith and with everything is they, they, they really take so much from the mom and the dad and they're different, you know, they're not the same. They're so different. They need both of those. And, you know, um, specifically for boys, I mean, they just, they, the fathers are, of course, they're just so important. I mean, so important. And like I said, it's not like, oh, a mother is more important than a father. No, they're both equally important to the child's development. Um, and they're just very, they're just very different. They're just very different in their roles. And, um, and so, yeah, I think especially with, with boys, with fathers, you know, there's a lot of the whole toxic masculinity. There's a lot of like lies that are fed to young boys these days. And so um, a lot of fatherless boys, I think, and just a lot of lies on masculinity. So for them to have a dad who is faithful um, is just so important. I remember one of the books I was reading about parenting Catholic kids or parenting, keeping kids in the faith. Um, one statistic was <laughs> talking about, and this is, I think, a very big study, but it was just talking about how like the mom can do everything. Like she can pray the rosary. She can do all these things. And the dad can like, basically for a son, like the dad can only be, maybe they see him like once a week or something, but the, the vision of their father leading them in the faith is like so much more powerful than having, than seeing their mother, all these doing all these things only because like they're a boy too. They identify with the father, you know? Um, does that make sense? And it was just, it was just yeah. funny when I remember reading that. Cause it was almost like, like I said, there's no, it's not, there's not a competition. You're equally as important, but it was just really funny where it was like, oh man, but it just goes to show, you know, boys, they, you know, the boys wanted, they want to become men and they wanted, they don't want to be their mom. They want to be their father. They're, that's who, who, you know, that, that's how they're created. And so, you know, for them to see a witness of a dad's faith is extremely powerful, extremely important. And when you look at the statistics of, you know, kids who, um, have a father who's in the faith, you know, it's, it's a very high success, um, of them staying faithful because of the leadership, you know, the headship and the leadership of their dad's faith. Um, but they're both equal, they're, they're both equally important. And you, like I said, you need them both. And that's why I love the Catholic church's teachings on marriage and family, because it's always about that. It's always stressing, you know, the complementarity of the man and woman and the effect of that on, on the, on the kid.
Right. And it's such a beautiful thing too, especially in a world that likes to warp everything and kind of pit the genders against each other. It's just so disheartening to always see the dad as the butt of the joke in like all these TV comedies and everything. Like he's such a Yes. It's so annoying. And I can't even find a good show anymore besides maybe Little House on the Prairie where the dad is like an upstanding good man. Um, And it's just so heartbreaking. And you're right about those statistics. 70% of kids whose only mom goes to church fall away from the church. So if the dad, yeah, the the dad is not involved, only 20, uh, 30, mm, I can't do math. Yeah, only 30 or 40% of kids actually stick with their faith. But if the dad goes, like so many more kids stick with their faith. Unfortunately, that's not the case anymore though. You know, there's so Mm -hmm. many guys out there who are just, um, you know, they've fallen into the trap of the world and they've fallen into these lies of hookup culture and um, nobody wants to work anymore. It's really hard to find um, men who want to protect and provide, not just physically, but also spiritually. Uh, it, it can be a real struggle for some women to to really trust the men that they're going to marry to lead them. And so that's why it's so important to definitely um, have confidence in the man you're going to marry and to date and, and to trust in the Lord to lead you in the right direction in that area. And, uh, I'm my personal, I'm, I'm definitely a daddy's girl. So anything my dad did, I did. Um, I always wanted to be around him, always wanted to do what he was doing. And I love my mom. And I, I, I hung out with my mom a lot, you know, she homeschooled us and she taught us a lot of great skills. Um, but I noticed whenever my dad did something, I instantly just, I wanted to be there with him. I wanted to do that with him. And for girls to have such a good connection with their father is so important as well, because Mm -hmm. when they start to date, when they start to get into that world, um, if their dad is not a stand-up person, if, if they have problems with their father, those problems will come out later in their relationships. Um, and so to have a good relationship with your father is also very important, uh, even as an adult, but I, I absolutely love, I love that so much. That's really good. Mm. Oh, I love what you're saying. It's so true. It's so true. And, and I remember like as the oldest, my dad was an early riser and, and I was too, and he would go to mass in the morning at like, you know, 6am. And I remember being so excited to wake up and go with him. And, um, you know, my mom would be sleeping in with the babies in the bed and there's, of course, you know, that's great, you know, but right. you're right that, um, that for girls too, absolutely. You're so right. And how that, that plays out and specifically with, with, um, with the type of man that they then aspire to. Yeah. That's wonderful. I guess the last couple questions I have for you, what are, what are your favorite parts about being a mom? What are like the best parts that you never thought about, but are now your favorite parts now that you're a mother? Oh, oh my gosh. It's so many. I, I love it. <laughs> it's so, there's so many, it's, it's just so good. Um, oh my gosh. There's so, I mean, oh gosh. Okay. Let me, let me think. Um, some of the best parts, um, I think like, okay, there's so, there's so many good parts. I mean, I think, um, another best part is just, just like the experience of you being their mom. And it's weird. Cause sometimes like our, so our oldest son just became an altar server last week. And I was oh, like, so Oh my gosh, I, it was the sweetest thing. I was like crying. So much. I couldn't believe it. And I'm just sitting here thinking like, how is this? How did I birth this kid? Who's now like, you know, growing up, but like, I mean, he's not, he's still nine, but I'm just like, this is so crazy. And so I think one of the greatest joys, like that's so unexpected is just seeing them 
like um, just, just seeing those things happen, you know, like the little things that they then accomplish, like you, you know, a lot of motherhood, um, I like to use a sports analogy is like, you know, you're, you're sitting on the sidelines, like you are forming them and then you're watching them. Like you're watching their life unfold. And that is such a joy. Um, of course, like through the bad things too, because they hopefully can, you know, turn to you and you can be like a, 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 a source of hope for them. Um, but it really is a joy to, um, to just watch them, watch them become like, you know, who, who God created them to be. And especially having multiple kids, you know, there's, there can be always a temptation of like comparing them. And what is this, you know, you know, especially to the oldest, like, what is this one? Like, what, you know, and it's such a joy when you can witness their differences and just be like, wow, this is really how God, this is nothing I did. Like God, you know, it's not because I read them this certain book and I gave them a certain thing. Like, you know, my boys now, you know, one of them will just naturally run up and ask me, can I have more paper and more pens? Um, because he's right. just naturally gifted and drawing. And one will run up and say, you know, can I, you know, can you buy me more, you know, tent balls because he just naturally gifted that, or, you know, the one will just sit there and say, I just finished these books. Can you buy like, and it's nothing, it's just their innate temperament, their innate, you know, just like discovering who you are. And so I think that's a joy as a mom is to really witness those things and just witness that these are, these are, you know, God, people that God created. And it's, it's, it's really fascinating. <laughs> I think I love That's it as a nurse cool. because I'm like, oh my gosh, it's like a study on human. You're like, this is so, um, you know, and, and of course, like people say the cliche stuff, but the cliche stuff, I think because my, as my kids are getting older, I'm just appreciating it so much. Like when they're little and like my toddler now, um, you know, like he doesn't like want me to put him down, you know, like when there's other people around. And that is something that is such a joy because they really want you and they only want you. Like you are their mom, you know, and it's such a joy because you just realize that. And, and, and I think when you only have little kids, it can be, you know, you're still figuring it out. And so you're like, oh my gosh, this is, this, this is like, this is so much like, are they ever going to like, you know, are they like, this is, are they ever going to, they're so needy or what's going to, you know, and then, you know, and then all of a sudden, you know, they're waving goodbye and stuff like that. And you're like, you realize that that's a very short lived time. You know, their childhood is very short and, um, you know, that role that you play is just so important. So, um, and just funny too. Like, there's just so many things I love about a mom about being funny. Like they'll write little notes, like, mom, I'm, I'm sorry. I lied to you. Like, can't, I'll give you my Kit Kat or just like something really funny, you know, like I definitely like remember doing that as a child. I definitely did yeah. that to my mom. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And they're like the one, the one like taped a quarter to an index card and was like, mom, I'll pay you my whole quarter. Like, can I just, can I just, can I just play more video games and I'll give you my quarter? Like, it's just like funny stuff that they do, you know? Um, so one of the things that I found joy and that I, I talk a lot about um, on Instagram and things is keeping this motherhood journal. And that's been a real joy for me of, writing out those memories. And so I have them. So I try to encourage moms, you know, to, to do that for themselves, like little keepsakes. And, um, and that helps you to recognize the joy because, you know, of course, like anything, motherhood can be extremely overwhelming. It can be like, oh my gosh, I, you know, I don't know what I'm doing. There's no, you know, there's no graduate school for motherhood, you know, there's no, right. you know, so, um, so, you know, in parenting and family life, you know, relationships, you're figuring these things out. Um, but, but God gave us, God gave us all this wisdom and, and he gave us community. And so there's, there's things you, that you do figure out in the struggles. Um, and, and then I think, you know, in the suffering parts of, of motherhood, like when you're really suffering and struggling, you know, that 
you know, um, then it's thank God for your faith because otherwise, you know, it's just so hard to deal with anything in life really. But, um, but I think, you know, have teaching that to our kids of, you know, I don't have all the answers and I'm never going to be perfect, but you know what, like Jesus is, and our church does have the answers. And so go there and, um, and that can be, that can help, help us to find joy, like even in those hard times. Right. No, absolutely. And what a beautiful story, just in general. I want to thank you for coming on because that was so incredible. I know that that must have helped so many people. And, you know, it's just incredible to see how children grow and, and how your life really develops as a parent and how it changes in such beautiful ways. And, you know, when we lean on God, we truly are leaning on our Savior and He's the one that will you know, lead the children. And, and it's just such a beautiful thing. So thank you so much for coming on and talking about this. Oh my gosh. Thanks so much, Amber. Yeah. Keep up what you're doing. It's so, it's so great to have, um, you know, good voices out there and just sharing your faith in general is, is such a bold thing to do these days. So thank you. And where can my listeners find you? Where can my listeners find you, Alex? Yes. So I'm primarily, um, Instagram is my, my main uh, social media form right now. Um, and my handle is just my name. So it's at Alexandria DeRose. And then my website, I'm continuing updating, but my website platform is at joymamablog.com. What a wonderful thing. I love that so much. So guys, definitely go check out her blog. And thank you so much, Alex, again, for being on here. It was a pleasure to meet you and listen to your story. Yes, thank you so much, Amber. Thanks for having me on and good job with all that you're doing. Of course. Thank you so much. I hope this episode helped you guys out. If you guys are men or women contemplating parenthood, maybe you feel a little bit stuck. I, I mean, honestly, we're all in a different journey, but I really hope that Alex's story inspired you guys and helped you guys definitely go check out her blog and her website. I follow her on Instagram. She has a wonderful Instagram page and her kids are so cute. Um, Thank you. Of course, they're so cute. And with all that being said, I will talk to you guys in the next episode. Bye, guys. Thank you so much for listening to A Catholic's Perspective with me, The Religious Hippie. Make sure to visit my official website at thereligioushippie.com. And while you're there, be sure to sign up for my newsletter to keep up to date with my latest news and offerings. You can also find me on virtually any social media site as The Religious Hippie. Thanks for listening. Hi, I'm Father Daniel DePlantis, a Catholic priest, martial artist, and host of the Karate Priest Podcast. Have you ever wondered what the church teaches about different topics? Are you a martial arts enthusiast or just someone who wants to learn more about martial arts? I'd like to invite you to join me and many guests on my podcast as we cover topics of faith, everyday living, and martial arts on the Karate Priest Podcast. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Please be sure to rate and review this episode. This podcast is produced by Todd Fisher and Anthony Smith and is distributed by Metacortex Publishing. This podcast is copyright. Any previously trademarked or copyright content is used by permission. Information and opinions stated in this podcast should not be construed as medical advice. Please be sure and visit the official website for Metacortex Publishing at metacortexpublishing.com or find us on social media for other unique content.